0: Hey guys, welcome back to The Black Space. My name is Lexi. I'm Kendra. And today we'll be talking about Kendra's experience in therapy as well as taking psychiatric medications.
1: Hi everyone, (laughs) I'm Kendra Dawson. I just graduated from Loyola Marymount University with a BA in Communication Studies. And I am headed to get a master's in the fall. um, But I'm primarily interested in law and journalism and the intersection between the two. Um... And I love, love, love politics, so... They have a podcast slash video. Oh, video, yeah. Right? Follow us, Kendra and Chris, on mm-hmm. air. It's going to be a podcast, and we also have a YouTube video up. So, yeah. Um, I love Lexi, so that's one here. <laughs> um, and I wanted to talk to you all today about... Um, my journey through therapy, but also uh, using medicine, which is something that is a Mm -hmm. bit of an an anomaly in the black community. And I think that um, it has benefited me in a lot of ways. And there has been a few drawbacks, but I kind of wanted to talk about my experience with that. So, yeah. Yeah. So when did you first start going to therapy? I started going to therapy sophomore year at LMU. Um, I was, like, really, really or I had really really struggled freshman year and so some of that carried over into my sophomore year and I felt like just extremely depressed and like didn't really want to do anything Mm -hmm. um I went to class I went back to my room and that's kind of like what I was doing for a few weeks in the beginning of a sophomore year um and then my roommate at the time Lauren was like you know maybe you should see someone because like it's kind of interfering with your daily life and stuff like that so I finally reached out. I initially went to LMU and went to their uh, student psychological services, but um, I wasn't able to get a consistent therapist because, I mean, they have a lot of students to see. Yeah, it's overcrowded. Yeah, so I had to go the private route, um, and I ended up finding um, a provider who's a black woman um, who is a residential therapist at UCLA, but she also has her own private practice. So, Mm. yeah, it was about sophomore year, so I've been in therapy for pretty much... Three years now um, and it's been life changing um, but it only was life changing for me personally because I also had the combination of medication and, and also seeing a psychiatrist because as much as like I wanted to just go the therapy route and mm. like not take any substances like it was I was very chemically imbalanced um and so. In order to, like, get that jump start, I thought it was important for me to, like, start some kind of medication. And my therapist and my psychiatrist talked, and we all talked, and I did a lot of my own research, so I would feel more comfortable taking medication. Um, And I ended up starting, I won't say the name, but a medication for Mm -hmm. depression and anxiety because the combination of the two is kind of what kept me, like, in my bed and, like, never really wanting to do stuff, even though I kind of wanted to do stuff. Yeah. So I think that while medication isn't like necessary when you're um going through therapy it can be very helpful mm-hmm. um you just have to be open with your psychiatrist or your therapist or yeah, your psychiatrist about what you what kinds of side effects you don't want or what kinds of side effects you want to avoid and like keep your doctor very much in the loop when you first start the medication because yeah, yeah well I guess I'll talk about some of the drawbacks later but it pretty much kick-started me out of bed and within a couple of weeks I was feeling a lot better and then I was able to implement like the strategies i learned in therapy to like cope when I was having anxiety mm-hmm. versus not really being able to get up at all. Yeah.
0: One thing I advo- advocate um, for a lot on the black space is like just going to therapy, not even necessarily having a mental illness, but just going to talk to someone like just the act of like talking to someone and getting insight on yourself and like going through your thoughts. Um, I think really helps you understand who you are as a person, understand your emotions. But when it comes to medication, like some people need medication.
1: Yes. Yeah. Some people do need medication. Some people need medication. And I know there's so much stigma behind medication too. There's a lot of stigma behind medication. I think it has a lot to do with like this notion of medication equals crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, And crazy is typically not really a good way to describe people with mental illness. Crazy and insane. Well,
0: insane primarily is not a psychological term. Yeah, it's a law term. <laughs> it's
1: a forensic psych. So Literally. I know a little yeah. bit of law. <laughs> yeah. So it's um, it's associated with something so negative that a lot of I know a lot of people in the black community, um, would be like, I don't want to be on medication and yeah, know, or they're they afraid of it. Or they're afraid of it. Yeah, they don't know what it's gonna do to them. But honestly, it saved it saved me that and the combination mm-hmm. of my own efforts, obviously. But yeah, sometimes you you're just you just need like assistance and i think that if you're on the right dose the right medication the right supervision like it can be really really helpful and you can always wing yourself off of it like i don't think that i'm going to have to be on medication for the rest of my life mm-hmm. but I've been on it for a while and I don't really see myself getting off of it in the next year or so, but I can see myself maybe lowering the dosage and mm-hmm. eventually winging myself off. But also it's totally fine if I needed to be on medication for my whole life yeah. too. So it's just like you can find your own medium. Did you have any medication. like trials with medication? Like, Did you try
0: different medicines before you got to the one you're doing or was it like just a one-time thing and it was like perfect?
1: Um, I tried a one-time thing. I... Because I did so much research, when my mm-hmm. therapist good, showed though. me, like, the three options, he was like, I mean, my psychiatrist showed me the three options, he was like, here are the three, here's what they all do, here's what's likely to happen in the beginning, mm-hmm. I, like, pretty much did a lot of research, I read a lot of, like, uh, you know, psychiatry blogs, where people were talking about the effects, there's a lot of people who go online and say, like, yeah. this was happening to me for a little while, and then it stopped, so it's good to know what I could expect from it, and, like, know that there are people who are also taking the medication. Mm-hmm um and then yeah so i had the perfect fit thankfully i did have to adjust the dosage because it just needed to be a little higher because once your body adjusts to the medication sometimes you have to take it up a notch
0: i like to say like taking um meds is kind of like taking birth control in the sense that like you have to let it work for a little bit so at first you might you know have some
1: um side effects but it level out yeah, they eventually, yeah, they all love it. I think I only had side effects pr- probably, like, a week. And the side effects weren't even bad. Like, I would just wake up super early. Mm-hmm. Like, I would just be, you know, I wouldn't, I would be unable to sleep long. Which worked in college because I needed to be up anyway. Yeah. Um, And then it was sometimes really hard to go to bed. But that wasn't anything I couldn't, like, manage. I just started, you know, took some... What do you call that? Stuff? Melatonin. Melatonin gummies from. Yeah. What's that brand? Name? Sugar Bear. Ollie. No, oh, Ollie has a good brand. Sugar Bear sells melatonin pills. Now too. Oh, they do? That's, mm-hmm. that's kind of weird. But no, yeah, I need to.
0: That's a word. That's off brand for them. But <laughs> oh, I my don't.
1: God. So, yeah, I was able to balance them out. And then once I like, I was re- reporting to my psychiatrist, you know, every couple of days, like, how I'm feeling on it, if I felt like I need to change it, and also my psychiatrist was very supportive, always reaching out to me, texting me, making sure that I was okay, and mm-hmm. uh, if the dosage was okay. Every now and then, we just check in, like, how's the medicine going, should we, what are you thinking, how are you feeling, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how did, like, your friends react to you taking, or did you not talk about it to them? Um, the only person who knew at the time was my roommate, Lauren, um, and she was like super supportive. She mm-hmm. was like, whatever you like whatever it takes, like just make sure you're taking it yeah. and like be consistent with it. Um, so she was like very supportive. She didn't really judge me. But I was scared to tell some of my other friends, um, because I mean, I wasn't no, yeah, I was worried that they would think that I was crazy, but I guess I was more worried that people would start to think that there was something wrong with me that mm-hmm. was like irreparable per se. And I have like this really weird thing of always wanting to be perceived as having my shit together and I felt like being on medication probably would distort that image but the stigmas yeah but the reason why I had my shit together for the most part is because of the medication so I mean yeah I think that I definitely when I told my um my siblings who were obviously we're all black you know I got some some looks or uh, whatever, but I think that mostly everyone wanted me to be okay. So if medicine is what it took, then I think everybody was pretty much supportive. I know some horror stories about people that like
0: truly, truly needed medication, and their families tried like praying it out of them in the psych mm-hmm. ward. Like it was bad.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think prayer and pills could go hand in hand. Yeah, that's, <laughs> like the,
0: the. I think the relationship between church and psych depending what church you go to, is something that needs to be improved. Because I've heard some pastors, you know, be like, you know what, if you're on meds, stay on your meds, see your therapist, but also like, you know, use God, use prayer. But I've seen and heard some pastors say like, you don't need any of that. No, yeah. Just have I've been in churches where it was
1: like, you don't need no medicine. You, you need to get down on your knees mm-hmm. and pray. And I'm like, but I've been praying and I'm still depressed. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I totally hear that. I think that, it's just a lot. The stigma is just so um, rough, but I think I see some breakthroughs happening. I had a friend who reached out to me probably two years after I was taking my medication and she was like, you know, hey, I was really nervous, but you've been very open about taking medication, so I'm wondering, like, what's your experience? Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm, I'm open to taking medication now and I just want to, like, reach out to you. And that made me feel really good because she was definitely one of the people one of those people who were like pretty afraid of me- taking medication for whatever reason um but just knowing that there was someone else in her community that also did it was like really helpful helpful for her yeah so it it to, yeah so I'm glad I was able to give her like my experience and like you know what I was taking and, and how it's how I felt like it changed me because I know she um, went on to like get medication and stuff so. mm-hmm. that's why it's important it's to like
0: have these stories out here
1: yeah so if y'all are struggling <laughs> i mean out. it's not always you need medication that's not yeah. always true
0: or like mm-hmm. sometimes it could even be like a hormonal balance not yeah. just a chemical imbalance like i know like you know like i'm struggling right now i have prolactin levels but like i'm for some reason i'm not um exhibiting any of the side effects right. that come with hyperlactin levels my doctors are like what's going on with you but i like looked up what it does and stuff and like it's like depression stress uh, i have stress but like <laughs> low like sexual libido mm. um loss of appetite like just things like that
1: yeah
0: or even um yeah there's there's like a like hormone balances can really whack you off or even like with birth control too like the introduction of some mm. hormones can really make you, you angry up. you can cry all the time yeah. that happened to me for like the first three months yeah i was like in tears or I was angry. It was it was really crazy. It was not fun. Yeah. But like I needed that um I needed those hormones to like regulate myself. But yeah, like sometimes it could be a hormone imbalance, sometimes it can be a chemical imbalance. But if you need medication, please
1: please don't feel discouraged. Yeah. I would also second that and also just be open to it and uh understand that there's no one way to get right. There's It's Mm -hmm. usually, my therapist always tells me, it's the combination usually of medication and therapy that pushes things along. No one medicine can just magically make you better. It has to be a really good combination.
0: Yeah, because my experience with um, medication, again, grew up in the valley, like melting pot of people. (laughs) So it was like, uh, I knew a lot of kids that were on like anti-anxiety meds, antidepressants, but I also knew some badass little kids <laughs> that would fake symptoms mm. and go to their psych and, you know, yeah. get those pills. That's deep. And that's that's terrifying. But again, I guess it's at, up to the discretion of the psychiatrist at that yeah. point. Like, you need to know like who needs it and who doesn't who's just, you know, trying to fill a prescription. Yeah. That's one issue that I see.
1: Yeah. I guess, yeah, that community has an interesting history with Xanax. Mm-hmm. and <laughs> <laughs>
0: But yeah, like if you need meds, get meds. (laughs) Get meds. But would you say your life, like, significantly changed for the better since you've, you know, been on medication? You said three years?
1: Three years. Yeah. yeah.
0: Medication, therapy.
1: Yeah.
0: You're doing great. Um, You are doing great. um, Yeah. You are doing great. You have a great job. You're moving. That's true. Abroad. Yeah. Might I say? I am leaving. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, I I think definitely significantly better is a good way to describe it because before that I had been running away from both therapy and medication and then now I was thrust into this, LMU Was a very new environment for me, culturally speaking, um, not even just racially but class-wise, mm-hmm. like all the other social indicators, like I just had a very rough thrust into the LMU world and... Um, that with a combination of the trauma that i'd already experienced prior Mm. and then just having anxiety and having depression all those things combined really produced a person that i wasn't necessarily happy with and like it wasn't anything i could really do about it because Mm. i didn't want to get help so definitely significantly changed and i realized that after that i was more open to like Hang out with people and, and being like more friendly because I'm not going to lie. I was kind of a bitch before that because, <laughs> I mean, dead. yeah, because I had anxiety. And so it yeah. would come out in anger and it would yeah. come out in don't talk to me. I don't want to be bothered type ways when um, I can be social-ish. Mm-hmm. I have no social battery. It drains. But <laughs> on with the medication and with my my new skills that I've learned in therapy throughout the few years, I've learned how to really risk and put myself out there in ways that I didn't before because I was just very again very anxious that people were like after me or that people were weird and people are weird. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm learned but I've learned how to manage and decipher so that it's not everybody's weird. It's yeah. just that I can decipher when I'm having weird interactions and be able to control my responses and everything much better. So definitely mm-hmm. significantly better version of myself. Yeah, for sure. Um going back to the time where
0: you didn't want to go to therapy? Was it, like, the stigmas associated with it? Was it, like... Because I know the common theme for why people that... Um, or why people didn't want to go to therapy was either seen as a white thing, mm. um, it was frowned upon or discouraged, and
1: then also finances, too. Yeah, I think it was a combination of finances and... It was a white thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And, I mean, thankfully, I was able to afford um, the private route therapy through, I mean, a lot of people supporting me and helping me out. And I know that that's a blessing in and of itself. Not everyone has that access. And, again, like, it does really, really come down to access. So I'm hoping you will open up that access with your future career path and hopefully have, you know, somewhat of a sliding scale for Low-income people mm-hmm. or black people, so that we can get the services that we need. Um, but it was definitely more of it was a white thing, and I really was, I really just didn't want to address it. And then it got to a point where I had no no choice but to address it. And so I mean I can thank my roommate Lauren for that because she definitely pushed me to go get help, and supported me and never made me feel crazy or anything like that, um, whatever that means. And um yeah, having someone around to support me really helped because, I mean, if you're in a culture that says, like, uh, you know, therapy, you know, is for white people, then you grow up thinking that and you think that, oh, none of these issues are related to mental health. They're just, this is just who I am. Like, a lot of people are just like, this is just who I am. No. That's like, not no. Who you are. You've experienced a lot of things in life that have shaped the way you are. No,
0: and it, it makes me sad, too, because, especially with a lot of black males, they. I've, I've had some that don't want to go to therapy at all. Sips tea, or water in this case. <laughs> um, that don't want to go to therapy at all and just accept the fact, you know what, I'm just, I'm just naturally a grumpy dude. I'm naturally a mean guy. No, you're not naturally a mean guy. You have some, you know, emotional distress. You have no coping mechanisms. You probably weren't taught them growing up. Or you were discouraged from, you know, crying, expressing emotion. So, you're a little... You need help. Yeah. I Don't, like, I I, I get so frustrated. People like, I just accepted this depression. Well, there are people out there that have a treatment-resistant depression. That's a big issue right now. And there's, like, a lot of, like, trial studies for different medications for people that have, like, really severe depression. But my um, unprofessional professional opinion, there's a lot of black males out there that could benefit from therapy that just refuse to mm. because they associate therapy with like you know uh trusting emotions things that are generally feminine or they just don't want to go <laughs> mm. they're afraid what their friends will think and it's just uh, that's why i always say every podcast i bring a mckeen but mckeen is like the perfect example I think of like a healthy male that like expresses his emotions in like a positive way and encourages his homies to do the same. Agreed. So again, shout out McKean. This is like the f- third podcast I've done this. But <laughs> shout out McKean, you song. Literally, literally definitely holds McKean, McKean listens to me now and he's single ladies. No but <laughs> um, oh my God. But yeah, like you are not a grumpy dude. You're not a mean guy. You have some issues (laughs) that you need to work through. And we all have issues. Yes, we all do. And just because you have issues doesn't necessarily mean you have, you know, this, like, underlying mental illness that you need, like, all this treatment for. Like, literally just talk to someone. Or learn some coping mechanisms. Yeah. I want to do... I'm going to do this program, like, 21 Days of Journaling to Mental Wellness. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to start that pretty soon. But, like, I want to, once I get, like, more... Educated in my process of graduate school. Yes. I want to do one geared towards black men.
1: Yes. Because, ugh.
0: (laughs) There's just so many issues. And therapy doesn't cater to them either.
1: Yeah, therapy doesn't. No. It's also, yeah, it's hard to find therapy that is intersectional.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, And that has a lot to do with access. I mean, just across the intersections of sexuality and race and class, it's really difficult to get people from our backgrounds to and or from like um, disadvantaged backgrounds to be in these positions so that they can help their community because it's typically harder for us to get in those positions in the first place. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to find a black gay male therapist when you know all the statistics that are stacked against LGBTQIA yeah. students and how they struggle in mm-hmm. education, etc. So it's one of those scarcity situations where I think best case scenario we all begin helping to heal each other but Mm -hmm. obviously that's best case yeah that's a lot of communal communal learning and communal care and communal healing Mm -hmm. but I think for now it's just sort of doing the best we can with what we have and there are a um a good or I can't say a good number I can say that I know a number of um, black therapists in los angeles specifically in the oh, la area mm-hmm. and we have i mean there's a good amount of them so yeah. i think i can't speak for people in places who are not in los angeles but i think there probably is a growing number of um black therapists or that there exists some yeah at least i can i don't know if i can i make know
0: claim. specifically like san Fern- San fernando valley and Santa carita valley there are very few black therapists i think um I did some, like, research. I think I found, like, two. But they were both women. Mm. So. Yeah. I mean, there's... But, my like, my issue is, like, people necessarily don't really come back to their communities. That's true. To give therapy. But I think that's, like, the best thing you could do. Yeah. Because, like, you know what your patient's going through. Mm-hmm. And it's so much easier to relate to them versus, like, going somewhere just because, like, you know the money's right.
1: Yeah. But also recognizing that people are... Trying to be economically empowered. I and capitalism. Like, capitalism. Yeah, capitalism
0: does ruin everything. Just dismantle the whole system. You know, I could go on my <laughs> capitalism rant. Oh. And by the way, <laughs> I am a
1: I. I wish I could be a full-on anti-capitalist, but I'm too much of a consumer. Um, but I ideologically am anti-capitalist and would love to be anti-establishment. But under capitalism, I can say that I understand why mm-hmm. disadvantaged groups who do make it to these positions would typically go and charge the 175 an hour because you know charging 4 dollars an hour isn't going to pay their rent. No. I totally understand that. Um so yeah, I think it it's rough, but if you can go to therapy, if you can, if you do have access, I think that it's beneficial to use it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: How do you think um the skills you learned in therapy are helping you like today and like your job? Mm you seemed a little stressed out <laughs> but yeah just like
1: managing your job and then even like with your big move coming up too oh, okay yeah so I have um a lot of anxiety about pretty much everything and anything um and it used to be debilitating to where if I got too anxious about something I just wouldn't do it or mm-hmm. I couldn't do it um but at my new um, internship it's it's uh, it's in corporate America so it's a it's a different, a different pace than what I'm used to, and there is a significant amount of work to do, and um, of course the people around me are busy, and everyone has their own stress, et cetera. So the way I've been managing the skills I've learned in therapy were about decompressing, mm-hmm. taking walks, and um, you know speaking up when you can't handle something. Those are all skills that I've learned in therapy because therapy makes it okay for you not to be okay. Mm-hmm. And um I didn't understand that as a concept. I thought I was gonna go to therapy and be happy, but that's not what it is. Therapy is teaching you how to manage when you're not happy and mm-hmm. when you're sad and when you're, you know what I'm saying, and when you're angry and how to manage all these emotions. So definitely, definitely, the taking a step back and the deep breaths, like it sounds like something you could learn oh, without being in therapy. But you forget to breathe. Yes, I was just talking to my therapist about this yesterday. Like. Anytime I'm stressed out or worried, I have shortness of breath, and she's like, "If you do one thing when you're anxious, breathe. Remember to breathe, mm-hmm. and that's something that's gotten me through a lot of um, my internships and but also just this summer in general. I've been struggling with, you know, interpersonal relationships, and I've had like a lot of anxiety about that, and a lot of shortness of breath when I wake up in the mornings, just feeling super overwhelmed, and like, just remembering to breathe, and like not take things extremely personal and remember that what people do isn't a reflection of me those are all things I've learned in therapy and that um that I'm learning to like integrate into my daily life so definitely definitely those little things that you build upon because I've been working on these things for three years it's not like she told me to breathe and I started breathing yeah it was like
0: because sometimes you forget things get so like riled up and you're just so like emotional and you're so in your head yeah you
1: literally physically forget to breathe yeah you have to practice it's a Mm. it's a practice to uh understand how you're feeling and allow yourself to feel it but don't let it take over you per se or even just being able to note it like um when I feel like I'm having an anxiety attack, which I've been having frequently in the summer. I mean, after graduating, I just felt like oh, yeah. Post, so I so much like more anxiety. I post-grad depression is a real
0: oh, thing. Yeah, I got And depressed. some people <laughs> that graduated um, before us were like, you guys just started. Like, what are you talking about? But, like,
1: okay, I'll the just, minute... Okay, I'll just speak <laughs> on that. I'll just speak on that. Me personally, I... To graduate college for me, it has been an extremely big deal. First Why? gen first generation Ooh. and it's just been it's been I mean I still can't believe I graduated this I look at my degree my degrees here it's in the frame and I'm still like still haven't got mine so. did I really graduate <laughs> Um, college and it's this feeling of guilt I feel guilty because you know Imposter
0: syndrome.
1: Yeah, I feel like other people from my community don't get this opportunity, don't get these, um, don't didn't get the chance to do this, and they yeah. should have had that opportunity because they're just as worthy, if mm-hmm. not more worthy than I was of getting a degree. Um, also, I'm not really a fan of family things, so graduation and like this notion of like family was really weird for me mm-hmm. as well. So I just felt like okay, I graduated. Now what? Mm-hmm. And then. Uh, Right when I graduated, my life started to sort of fall apart as well. Like, my interpersonal relationships began to break away. People started moving out of, Mm -hmm. you know... Getting lives. Yeah, people started moving on. And it was quick. It was like, you graduated, you had three days of celebration, and then people are moving back home. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I was losing everything I knew. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I was losing that stability. And in a lot of ways, I I did. I did lose uh, a time in my life. So I definitely was depressed, and I definitely think it's a very privileged thing to be to have post-grad depression but it doesn't take away from the fact that yeah. you still are depressed and in your perspective and everyone's perspective who's graduated um and they feel depressed it's still uh, as serious of a thing right people shouldn't mm-hmm. downplay it Not that's something i was also talking to my therapist about yesterday like feeling like i was like you know there are people who are hungry tonight and i'm you know sitting here in therapy complaining about XYZ and she was like yeah. it doesn't mean that those people aren't having it bad it yeah. doesn't mean that you know they're having it worse y- y'all are all experiencing things and it's not sitting there on the same level mm-hmm. but yeah grad depression was definitely real and I I just sat in it I was like I'm just gonna sit in it I you know I stayed in bed for a couple days and that turned into weeks so I was really happy when I started my internship because I finally got busy and mm-hmm. like I finally felt you like I was so doing so much free trouble. time. You go from being so busy, so especially nothing. for those last like two or three weeks.
0: Yeah. And then you literally have absolutely nothing. And then you're like, I need a job. And then you're like, I need a job. job I need money. Like. I need money. <laughs> especially if you're like a student worker, like you don't have access to your job anymore. So you have to yeah. find something. I know like I just got employment today. Thank God. Yeah. But I was freaking out. Yeah. I was freaking out. I was like, do I take a gap year? Do I not take a gap year? Do I move back home? Do I move to Inglewood? Do I move to Culver City? Do I even want to, you know, use this gap year to do something in my field? Because Mm -hmm. a psych PA, you can only do so much. Realistically, you can only do so much. So I was like, do I go into like PR, HR? Like, what do I do? But then, Mm -hmm. thankfully, God's blessing, everything worked out. Yeah. So that was, that Mm -hmm. was great. But post-grad depression. Oh, it hit. It did hit. It's still hitting. It It, feels weird. Yeah.
1: I'm coming out of it. I will say I'm coming out of it. And I'm July. Yesterday was July 1st. And I'm just like, all right, girl. It's been two months. (laughs) You dealt with your little depression. You had your little falling out with people. You had your little self-pity party. And you got to pull your shit together now. So I'm feeling it's day two. And you (laughs) know what? I'm like, you're doing good. (laughs) You're doing great. I I literally had all this free time.
0: Well, not really free time, but like free time. Time where you can yeah. where you're thinking and putting yourself yeah. into a hole, and I don't like that. But <laughs> yeah. not that I'm not gonna be thinking, but like now that I'm going, you know, into the job market, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I like feel better. Yeah, yeah. Because I like, kind of know what I'm doing, but then I also have this anxiety where it's like cause I'm gonna be doing mm-hmm. so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so now I have this anxiety where it's like, okay, I'm working two jobs. I gotta go back and forth between like. Baldwin Hills, South Central, I'm gonna be, um, in downtown, mm-hmm. gotta do, like, data analysis, all this stuff, and I'm going from literally doing, like, not absolutely nothing, but doing pretty much nothing, to, like, a to, lot. Like, doing a lot, and I literally start on Monday, so I'm, like, had a little mental breakdown, but mm-hmm. I'm okay, I did some self-care, did some breathing exercises. Yeah,
1: some uh. breathing exercises are major mm-hmm. key.
0: Have you ever heard of yeah. choice theory? I have not. I feel like so- that's something that you would, like, basically one of the main things I learned from choice theory is that this might sound negative but um, people can only offer you information and that little quote changed my life because mm. I feel like I don't know you put like I feel like so many people put other people on pedestals and that allows them to like do stuff to you in a sense mm-hmm. you get what I'm saying? mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So like, with that mentality, you feel less stressed out. Or even, like, people in positions of power. Yeah. Like, despite them being in position of power, they're a person at the end of the day. Yeah. And, like, you don't need to be constantly neglected. <laughs> to, um, well. <laughs> to make it, you know? Yeah. But, yeah, choice here, I think, is something you would like. Like, it's it's a really simple theory... It goes over like basic needs like survival, love and belonging, power, freedom, and fun. Mm-hmm. Um, is that rational choice theory, or is it just choice? It's theory? just choice theory. Oh, There's like ten rules. I'm trying to find them as I'm talking to you, but yeah, they're like they're like simple rules that like anyone would know. Right. But um, yeah, choice theory is a fire topic. I met a man that I guess he was a choice theorist. And he's like, yeah, like, the LAPD pays me hundreds of thousands of dollars to tell them the same thing, (laughs) like, (laughs) at least once a month. (laughs) And he, like, gave it to us, and that changed my life. Mm. But yeah, I feel like choice theory is something you would like. Um,
1: Are you excited for your move? I am very... I've been more excited in the past couple days than I have been, I... At first I was feeling like very like, what am I doing moving to London? (laughs) Because it just seems like crazy. And um, it seems like such not crazy, not a good word. It it seems like random, but I'm also doing what I want to do. So I'm happy that I'm making the choices that. I'm happy that I'm making my own choices, and I'm happy that I'm going to go with this and not overthink it and not talk myself out of it. Mm-hmm. So I'm very excited to go to London. I'm already looking into student psychological services because, I mean, there's only going to be so much my therapist can do from yeah. overseas. Um, Skype calls. Yeah. I do a uh, video chat with my psych, but my therapist, she's not as there yet. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm pretty – I'm excited. I'm nervous. I'm all of the above, but I think – Again, because I've been in therapy, I know how to manage all these emotions, or I'm able to manage these emotions in ways that I probably wouldn't have. And I probably wouldn't be going to London if I didn't go to therapy. Because, for example, when I studied abroad in London, I sat in my therapist's office and I cried like after I got mm-hmm. accepted and I like committed and like had my visa and everything. Mm-hmm. And I cried. and I was like, I don't want to go anymore. I'm nervous. I'm mm-hmm. not gonna, you know, do well. There's gonna be a terrorist attack. Like, I was having a bunch of anxious thoughts about everything and she was like okay let's sit down let's let's hash this out right now what what are you afraid of and we went through every single thing i was nervous about we talked about why where these nervousness was stemming from then we did the pros and cons and she your therapist doesn't give you answers they help you get help you get inside your own mind and help you make your own answer and she's like Worst case scenario, I was like, well, I have to come back from London, and she's like, and what's so bad about that? I'm like, well, then I'll be behind in classes. She's like, but then couldn't you go to summer school? I'm like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So just finding these alternative yeah, ways. To everything. There are always solutions, but when you are having an uh, anxiety, my, attack, yeah. it's so, all the solutions are ten, gone. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, one thing I always recommend this to people. It's called Youper, I think. It's like a little um, like artificial intelligence app. That this psychiatrist, I think, from the Bay made, and um, one thing I like about it is this, this little like tab that says Insight, and it literally says like, like what makes you excited, what makes you happy, what makes you confident, um, what makes you depressed, and you can like click on it, and like I'm not gonna say them out loud, but like like what makes me depressed, and it says like, like what makes me depressed, or um, it even makes little journals. Again, I do not advocate for self-diagnosis, Okay. but if you've already been diagnosed, right, you can like put down what you have. So, like, you can put down, like, you have depression, you can do panic attack screenings, you can do um, PTSD monitoring, and it'll tell oh, you, like, on a graph that's like, really cool. how you're doing, but that, that's something I always um, advocate for, because one, it's free. Yes. Two, um, if you're struggling with speaking to your therapist, um... You can use this app and it'll literally write down everything you need in bullet points. Oh, that's perfect. And you can just, like, look at it. Like <laughs> oh, read yeah, it yeah, them. yeah. That makes
1: sense. That makes sense.
0: But, yeah. I love that app. That app is great. Um, there's also another one. I forgot the other one was called. But that one's, like, a meditation app. That's also good with breathing exercises. Just trying to give you some free... Free no, help. yeah, I'm here <laughs> like for here it.
1: abroad. I'm here for it. I'm definitely gonna be downloading those that app. I'm really excited for your podcast. So do you want to talk more about that?
0: Give you a little plug. <laughs>
1: okay, shameless plug. We are trying to condense it to sort of like five to seven minute political chats about a certain political issue. Um, coming up, hopefully before the end of July, um, probably mid July, we want to release a podcast on kamala harris and um our our opinion on her as a presidential candidate yeah Yeah, and yeah and also about how her how her racial backgrounds have really brought to light how we perceive blackness and Mm -hmm. this monolithic blackness to where people are like she's not even black she's half indian and it's like when we start to pull away people's black cards for x amount of reasons Mm -hmm. we get into a slippery slope of what constitutes blackness and it becomes very limited and then we begin to oppress people within our own group so yeah um not to say that we're oppressing kamala harris just tune in to our political chat it's gonna be coming really really soon that's kendra and chris on air on ig and pretty much on everything else i'll put your socials when i oh yes so yeah so yeah join I have a lot of opinions but I'm gonna keep it to five minutes and it's gonna be really fun
0: you guys can uh, do one if you want on um this issue right now that they're having well there's a lot of issues with mental health care law like (laughs) a lot like I think was it I think it was San Francisco right maybe San Francisco pulled away mental health care for elderly people one then there was like some bill that's trying to be passed where they're gonna tax the rich to pay for free mental health care for people. And then also the issues with mental health in prison.
1: <sighs> We're not going to talk about mental health. <laughs> because we have effectively criminalized mental health. It it makes me sad, though, because, like... It's really sad. I was watching...
0: Have you seen the show Girls Incarcerated?
1: I have heard of it. I've like it. They're, like,
0: these little girls. And this is not supposed to be juvenile hall. This is, like, um... Rehabilitation centers, not okay. rehab per se, but like little detention centers that they're supposed to have recovery programs. And the schools, like not the schools, the detention centers that they're in, they're supposed to be like the best of the best. Mm. I, every time I see that show or see the girls, it breaks my heart. Cause you know how many girls on that show have like self harming issues? Yeah. And they're treating self, them like yeah. criminals. Yeah. Self harm in prisons, ugh, it breaks my heart. Yeah. It really does. If I was into forensic psychology, I wish I was because that would be such a beneficial route too, and getting into like prison policy as well. But yeah, that, there's a lot of political issues you can talk about with um, mental health care, criminalization of mental illness, uh, the government. The <sighs> government. The government. Okay, hey, is there anything else?
1: no I don't really have anything else to say thanks for inviting me no I hope I was helpful to someone out there pondering taking medication mm-hmm. or not hopefully my uh, experience helps you make a choice for yourself
0: mm-hmm. thank you guys so much for listening remember merch is out now on the blackspace.me dot me back backslash that is backslash shop (laughs) or if you follow our instagram at the black space minus the a it the links in our bio too but yeah thank you so much kendra for coming on yeah i'm happy i gotta do this before you move to london perfect we will do one soon yes all right after i drown in work (laughs) bye y'all bye thank you so much remember to stay liberated